Good morning, Oosters, and welcome to the sixth episode of Not Your Mama Soap Opera Act 2 Wrestling Renaissance Limited, where sports entertainment is a lifestyle. As always, I'm your host, the NPR of the IWC DFDC, welcoming everyone to this next episode, this very special edition Survivor Series episode. Not Your Mama Soap Opera Act 1 actually started around Survivor Series in 2018, when I had the privilege of attending the Big Four pay-per-view live in Los Angeles, California, it was a very cathartic, very transformative weekend that I had over in Los Angeles. And it was really special to me. And it kind of really, you know, made Survivor Series always one of my favorites after being able to attend it and see that card. But before we jump into the Survivor Series predictions, Happening on the 22nd of November, which will also be The Undertaker's final farewell, as we've seen promoted heavily, and we'll comment on that as well. We're also going to be breaking down NXT, WWE, Raw, SmackDown, as well as AEW Dynamite. This is going to be a fun one. I also wanted to give a special shout out to any listeners. If you are fellow major marks like myself, and if you are a fan of of the Major Brothers, namely Matt Cardona and Brian Myers of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, I want you to go and find the Major World Order Podcast. It is a show dedicated to the fandom of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, kind of a major mark show, if you will. And this Major World Order is hosted by Billy and my good friends, Jake Wyatt and Andrew Husavar. So if you really want Another perspective is this really cool, creative, innovative take on what it means not only to be a wrestling fan, but to be a wrestling podcasting fan. There's some figure discussion. There's some wrestling discussion. It's really about community and building a community and emphasizing all those so many benefits you have of being a major mark. So if you want to support them, I highly suggest searching the major world order and you can search that wherever you get your podcasts. This week in professional wrestling kicked off quite with the bang and Monday Night Raw, and I really wanted to just comment on a few matches, but namely Drew McIntyre winning the WWE Championship from Randy Orton. I thought that was really cool to see. It reminded me of a few years ago when they swapped out Ginger Mahal for AJ Styles right before Survivor Series as well, because I think that'll make a better match. Um, I think the Tribal Chief, uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, is really going to be a sight to be seen. I've seen comparisons to Scar and Mufasa. I've seen comparisons to Braveheart and obviously uh, his character, uh, Roman's character from Fast and the Furious. We're seeing this development of these two heightened warriors, literally from different brands. But I even received echoes of Daniel Bryan's storyline to the WWE Championship from WrestleMania 30. And that's why I think the cadence of Roman Reigns' heel turn as the Tribal Chief is really perfect. As his head of the table, almost authority figure, you see him even say to Drew on SmackDown this past Friday, you're my favorite second player. It's acknowledging and throwing back a reference to the point of you're my favorite B-plus player from when we saw Daniel Bryan achieve the Undisputed Championship holding both belts at the end of WrestleMania 30, having gone through Dave Batista and Triple H the game himself. And I'm definitely feeling those same wavelengths in 
the continuation of Roman Reigns' heel turn, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying seeing Drew McIntyre with the belts again. Having spent so many time living in the UK myself, I take a lot of pride in Drew McIntyre being the first British champion. Yes, he is Scottish also, which is also something to really be proud of. I think that Drew McIntyre is really the template for what a superstar should be. I think he's proving each and every day in this quarantine era of wrestling and even before, since his return, since his journeyman attitude and finding himself as Drew Galloway on the ind- on the independent scene. He's come back from around this world travel and really made a name for himself and is showing everybody why Vince McMahon was correct in calling him the chosen one. And as you also know, I'm a big fan of Roman Reigns. I always have been Ooses. That's why I call everyone Ooses because we're all family. And we're seeing him execute this tribal chief role so well. I'm really, really, really excited for that match on the card for Survivor Series, I have to say. Week after week, I will also say, especially with the addition of Alexa Bliss, I am more and more entertained by the Firefly Funhouse version of Bray Wyatt as opposed to The Fiend. The Fiend, we know what we're going to get. We know he's awesome to look at. We know he's creepy. He's macabre. He has the head lantern. He has the mask. He has the music. He has the hurt and heel gloves. He is a monster. He's an embodiment of the spirit that I would love to see Undertaker square up with and have an interaction with, but who knows if we will ever get that. That being said, though, the Mr. Rogers-esque Firefly Funhouse version of Bray is so creepy because he does creepy things without even realizing it. Even on the skit when they were playing the game show and he had a spell um, atrocity and he spelled out the Miz and just little you know things like that that make it so well thought out and so well executed and even in his matches and, and now that The Fiend is a distinct separate character from Bray Wyatt but yet they're portrayed both by Bray Wyatt it's a great thing to see it reminds me of the many faces of Foley taken to a whole new level and it's really inspiring and Bray Wyatt continues to do that phenomenal character work and that can't go without being mentioned. I was so relieved to see Finn Balor, the Prince, and WWE NXT Champion make his return this past Wednesday. I loved his interaction with Pat McAfee with Pete Dunne. I love how, you know, Pat McAfee is, you know, really playing into the fact that he's a heel. He's playing into the fact that he's had to wait on the sidelines and do pre-shows, and now he's finally getting an opportunity to show what he's capable of. He's playing into that cocky persona that he's built for himself as a broadcaster and as an athlete. He's continuing to do so in the ring. What's more so impressive is I think Pat McAfee is a great foil for Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. The Undisputed Era and Adam Cole in particular working with Finn Balor is very reminiscent of obviously the Bullet Club and JPWDs. We saw Finn Balor tweet out a teaser with AJ Styles as well. And it really makes you curious is if they're going to do this. You know, they're all darlings of WWE. Certainly Finn Balor and Adam Cole are for Triple H. And we know AJ Styles is a favorite of Monster Next McMahon. So it'd be really cool to see if they have an opportunity to reform the Bullet Club in a new way. But hey, one could fantasy book, huh? The Wednesday night action, though, did not stop there. Over on TNT and AEW Dynamite, it was a very entertaining episode as AEW continues. I actually received the ringside exclusives, Blood Brothers, Blood and Guts 2-pack of AEW Unrivaled. 
Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes from their double or nothing match when they're just covered and doused in blood. It really is a cool, cool, a really cool two pack. You show that it's for an adult collectors. I cannot see a mom buying uh, their kids, you know, a bloody action figures, especially around the holiday season. But for us adult collectors, it was it's really cool, and I'm really happy to receive it. That being said, though, I'm desperate to find the second series. Hopefully, Ringside will put that back up soon. But AEW Dynamite was a very fun and entertaining show. Particularly for me, I loved the skit when the Inner Circle went to Vegas. I love seeing Swoggle at the end. I love seeing the puff of smoke that they uh, left the limo. I loved seeing how they interact with each other. It was another callback to that entertainment that is beyond wrestling, like we saw in Le Dinner's Ebonair. We're seeing storytelling being executed at its highest level by Chris Jericho, MJF, and the rest of the inner circle and i can't wait to see what happens next a big congratulations goes out to renee and john moxley and john moxley announced really almost low-key that renee was pregnant it was so interesting and really just a touching moment a kind of silver lining in this 2020 winter that we are now all going into as we get ready for the holidays but you know as we're here and we see john moxley and renee have this family that's growing really happy for them and to see uh their family grow and to just see they they're happy moxie's finally happy and i think you can sense that you know for a lot of people his reign has been really too long and i see where you're coming from that but at the same time i really appreciate them having the faith in john moxley to carry the company and carry that belt to an upper echelon's position and i'm really excited to see who is the one to finally take it off him but until then, congratulations. I was listening to Corey Graves' podcast, and this past week on After the Bell, he had Buddy Murphy as a guest, whom is Australian. My sister-in-law is also Australian, so I took a particular interest in any Australian athletes in the professional wrestling space, whether that be the Iconics or Buddy Murphy. And it was really cool to hear his story and hear his journey about coming to the WWE. And he spoke a lot about working with Seth Rollins and with Dominic and with Rey Mysterio. And after hearing his perspective on that storyline, it made me very interested in it. And I was loving to see him overtake Seth Rollins. And really what he explained was this was all a learning opportunity for him to work with Seth Rollins, one of the most decorated current WWE roster members and really a locker room leader. So from that perspective, it's really cool to see, obviously, and then working with a legend that is Rey Mysterio and working with his family. You know Rey Mysterio is going to be invested in it. Even if he's not in the match per se, you know it's building up to a bigger story. And I think people lose sight of the fact that we all said we wanted longer storyteller, longer storytelling and bigger builds. And we're finally getting examples of that. But people are not appreciating it and just sitting back and watching it and letting them be entertained. I think that's one of the things that we all get caught off on. We have to remember that wrestling at the end of the day is entertainment it's sports entertainment and it's a lifestyle that we choose to enjoy each and every monday tuesday wednesday saturday friday sunday whatever day of the week you want any day that ends in y this sunday we will see the undertaker mark halloway make his final farewell to the wwe universe at survivor series which will be the 30th anniversary of the undertaker's debut in the wwe going back to Survivor Series all the way 
back in 1990. For me, the pulling of the curtain on The Undertaker has been very jarring. I have always commended and respected the fact that Undertaker has been in character and lived that gimmick for so long. Even when I met Taker, I met Taker. I'm Yes, I met Mark Calloway, but I met Taker. He was in that Taker mode, and it was just very awe-inspiring, and it was very... He's very intimidating, and rightfully so. He is a legend in this business, and whatever he does, you always respect him. I was able to attend Elimination Chamber in March in Philadelphia, right before the whole world seemingly shut down. Fortunately enough, that was my sister's first experience at a professional wrestling event, and that happened to be also the last live appearance of The Undertaker. He had that moment when he came out and interacted with AJ Styles leading up to their Boneyard match at WrestleMania, which unfortunately did not happen in Tampa Bay, but happened at the Performance Center, as we all know. But that was that last interaction, so that was a really cool moment. And ha- having met Taker, you know, one of my earliest wrestling memories, actually, is having a folder, which I actually found recently when cleaning out my basement, but it was a folder from first grade that had The Undertaker on it. It was my favorite folder. I remember that. And, you know, The Undertaker has always just been this larger-than-life character and really this superhero, almost, if you will, of the WWE for my whole life and since before. That's something really remarkable. So anything that Mark Holloway, The Undertaker, The Dead Man wants to do at Survivor Series this Sunday, more than welcome and encouraged to do so and will be respected and supported as always. What up, dead? And now getting into the rest of the Survivor Series pay-per-view predictions taking place this Sunday, November 22nd, 2020 from the Thunderdome. What's really cool is this will actually be my first time actually successfully registering for the Thunderdome for this event. So if all goes well, hopefully you'll see me on the broadcast one of those screens. I've never uh, done the Thunderdome before, so I'm really looking forward to this experience and hopefully all goes according to plan. The first match which we commented on before which is Roman Reigns the Universal Champion versus Drew McIntyre the WWE Champion in a Smackdown versus Raw Champion versus Champion matchup and I really am torn. I think Roman Reigns is going to win. Um, I think that he is the tribal chief. He is the locker room leader. It's his yard now. One versus all. He's going to win. Um, but I do have a soft spot for Drew McIntyre as well. So at the end of the day, I'm just really looking forward to the storytelling that these two master craftsmen are going to perform for us at Survivor Series. On the men's Survivor Series match for the Raw side, we'll see Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Matt Riddle versus the SmackDown Live team of Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. I think this is going to be really interesting, um, but I really don't see how SmackDown is going to win this, especially when you have the likes of Keith Lee and AJ Styles, Sheamus and Braun Strowman, Riddle too, but I mean, all of them have been either NXT or WWE Champion minus Riddle, so I mean, that compared to the SmackDown side of things, yes, you have Rollins. And you have Kevin Owens, and you have Uso has been relevant currently, but I don't know. I just don't see SmackDown going over. So, so far, that's one for Raw. 
and one for SmackDown. The women's Survivor Series match is really a toss-up. On the Raw side, we have Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lacey Evans, Peyton Royce, and Lana versus Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Bailey, and Natalya on the SmackDown side of things. Given that the teams were so shaken up following the injuries from Brooke and Mandy Rose at the hands of Nia Jax, as well as the drama of the release of Zelina Vega, who I do not think should have been released, but I think she asked for it, and if that's the case and she did ask for it, that's great. I hope she goes on to do something that she's happy with and a place that she can really flourish in her art form. That being said, though, I do think we will see SmackDown pick up the victory, especially being that we have Bianca Belair. And I don't know if anyone saw Liv Morgan announce that she has been filming a documentary, which will be on the WWE Network. I'm really excited to see that. Obviously, I'm a Bailey Mark, given that my named my puppy after Bailey the Hugger, and it's the puppy's birthday on the 24th, so next week. So, happy birthday, Bailey, the puppy that is. But I think SmackDown will win. In another champion versus champion matchup, we will see the Raw Women's Champion Asuka take on Sasha Banks, the SmackDown Women's Champion. I personally would like to see Sasha Banks go over. I've been very encouraged the fact that she has retained her championship thus far, and I think she could continue to do so. By beating Asuka, I think it will showcase the fact that she deserves to be in that position. We all knew that. But it will cement her legacy because she's beating a fellow champion and retains that victory. It's not another loss. Of course, however, that being said, Sasha Banks could take the loss because she's not actually losing the belt. That being said, we've already seen Asuka built off on this streak, so I think Sasha Banks will go over. Turning our attention now to some tag team action, when the Raw Tag Team Champs, The New Day, take on the Street Profits, the SmackDown Tag Champs, and they've kind of echoed that they're the new generations of each other on social media and on Raw and SmackDown this past week and in the build-up to Survivor Series. I think this is going to be a really entertaining match. I'm excited to see how and if Big E or Big Evil gets involved. I can really see the New Day going over. Um, I'm a big supporter of both of them. The New Day, though, I think are veterans in this match, and I think they will uh, have victory this weekend at Survivor Series. For the next champion match, we see Bobby Lashley, the United States champion, take on Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental champion. And this match, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Sami Zayn is always impressive when he's in the ring. And I think, finally, the WWE writers are figuring out what to do in Bobby Lashley, particularly with his involvement in the Hurt Business and now on this run as Universal Champion. I've been loving their interactions on Twitter. I think it'd be cool to see Sami Zayn go over although I think Bobby Lashley will be victorious. Technically, there is a battle royal on the kickoff of the show. To be quite honest with you, I'm not really sure who's in it. Um, I So I don't really know. I'm not really going to predict anything going into that. It's probably going to be someone random or someone we don't really care about. Probably Lars. I do think, however, that the championship match between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, along with the match between Sasha Banks and Asuka, along with The Undertaker's final farewell, will steal the show on this year's 2020's WWE Survivor Series. I hope everyone has enjoyed this sixth episode of 
not your mama soap opera, act two, wrestling renaissance limited, where sports entertainment is a lifestyle. If you want to follow me and for all show updates, you can do so on Twitter at Long Island 1892. That's at L-O-N-G-I-S-L-A-N-D-1892 on Twitter. Be on the lookout for episode seven. It might come out sooner than you think. As always, I'm your host, DFDC. Hope you've all enjoyed this episode of Not Your Mama Soap Opera Act 2, Wrestling Renaissance Limited, where sports entertainment is a lifestyle. Good night, deuces. You have been listening to Not Your Mama's Soap Opera Act 2, Wrestling Renaissance Limited, where sports entertainment is a lifestyle. Hosted by DFDC.